Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning! Diarrhea! It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports. On 95.7, the game. Draymond to Curry. Curry catches, fires away. Three ball up, no good. Jam home! Wiggins came right down the baseline, slammed it in, and the Grizz want time. The Warriors go up by three with 3.53 to go. And that was the play for me. That was the play. The Warriors have won six straight. They went eight and one in the month of May and have secured themselves the eighth seed in the playing tournament. Good morning, everyone. Stephen Lankford in with you up until six o'clock here. This is the pregame show leading up until uh, the morning roast. And again, this isn't the pregame to any sort of game. We're the pregame to the game. So we got a lot to get into today. The Warriors getting the win 113 to 101 yesterday afternoon over the Memphis Grizzlies, going 39 and 33 on the year. The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies going 38 and 34. Exactly one game separated them yesterday. It all came down to that game, and the Warriors absolutely gave everything they had. They had more energy than the Grizzlies, even though. They were doing what they normally do, which is getting those second-chance points on the offensive glass, even though the Warriors out-rebounded the Grizzlies. But in the end, Steph, Dre, and even Jordan Poole were too much for the Grizzlies to overcome as yesterday, uh, toward the end of that fourth quarter there, when Dylan Brooks fouled out. It was over. It was over, ladies and gentlemen. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. But that's what I found in that game to be the difference was, and it was what stood out to me. Not only was it just Draymond's energy in the fourth in the first quarter, because Steph had gone cold and uh, they put Dylan Brooks on him and he stuck to him the entire game. We'll get to more of that later. But it was the offensive rebounding for me down the stretch that had everything to do with how the Warriors were able to stick in that game. 
Now, it did get a little hairy there. It got a little dicey in the fourth quarter when the Grizzlies actually managed to take a lead at one point. But the offensive rebounding and getting those second-chance points late in the game were what made the difference. I just played the highlight for you from Andrew Wiggins. But there was also that sequence with Jordan Poole where Jordan Poole shot the ball from three. Uh, He knew he was short. He knew he was going to doink it off the front of the rim. He ends up following that shot right up, just quickly makes the decision, gets the ball back, grab the rebound, and they get a second-chance bucket, and it also goes in. Like Those were the little plays in that game yesterday that absolutely made the difference. Um, But there were plenty of other things to go around, and trust me, We'll get to Steph, because Steph had another, what, 46 points? And in the first quarter, he was being locked down by Dylan Brooks. I say that I say that in air quotes. He was being locked down because Dylan Brooks was just told, hey, follow Steph wherever you go. Um, but there were plenty of other reasons as to why the Warriors won this game. And, you know, it's... It's turned into this being a team thing as opposed to it just being Steph. Because they're getting it from everybody. Whether it be Draymond, whether it be Wiggins, whether it be Looney, whether it be Jordan Poole, whether it be Juan Toscano-Anderson. The Warriors only played still with that eight-man rotation even though they had other players available But they just stuck with that eight man, and all of those eight guys contributed uh, at some point. And that's what has made this stretch of games since the beginning of May just so special to watch is because you've you've watched Steph just absolutely go off, but you've also watched Jordan Poole. He started to solidify himself into this six-man role where he's going to be the one that's going to go out, go out there in the beginning of the second and the fourth quarters, and he's going to be the one that's expected to bring the energy. He absolutely did that in the set, in the beginning of the second quarter, scoring qu- uh, seven quick points right off the jump, and he also did that in the fourth quarter by knocking down some threes, and that was even coming off a point where you thought he was going to, you thought he was injured, you didn't know if he was going to stick in the game. But then he comes back in in the in the fourth, you know, has his ankle all taped up and wrapped up in ice, but goes out and knocks down a corner three. It has been a, a lot of these guys, and I was thinking about this yesterday. I was just thinking about how different the season could have been, and what we could have been talking about at this point after the final regular season game, because with the way that the Warriors roster has looked and the way that it's just been beat up for a second straight year and we go back to the month of February even when they were without uh when they were without Kevon Looney and James Wiseman for practically that entire month now being without Kelly Oubre on the floor being without uh Damian Lee being able to come into the game having that option um they've still been hurt and for me I was thinking about this you know, if this season could have gone any differently, if we were talking about the Warriors being right in between, not even being, you know, not even just being the worst team in the conference, but talking if the team wasn't even in the playing game, you know, if they were just a 12th or 13th seed and they didn't have a good record, we'd be questioning 
Steph's legacy, but also I think that we would be at this point in the year, and, and maybe not us as Warrior fans, but the national media, no doubt. But we'd also be talking about whether Steph would still be on this Warrior team. I feel like if if we were just in a dystopian universe where somehow the Warriors didn't have this crazy stretch of games where they're able to come back and 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 get to the eighth spot, I think we'd be coming in here wondering if Steph is going to stay or not. And I think that there's a part of the narrative in all of this which is saying that these players have given Steph something to hope for with the Warriors. You know, that there's still some gas left in the tank, even going into next year. You know, these guys can handle the NBA. And these guys can, um, even though they're going to be role players for the most part, they could be be used on a championship team. And this could be a championship-type roster next season when they do get Clay back. And they also, you know, possibly get that pick from the Timberwolves, which is looking more and more likely, even though it's not going to be an early pick like we hoped for. Um, But it's looking more and more like they're possibly going to get that pick from the Timberwolves. I think that this season has saved a lot of things, but that's also including Steph Curry. Now, he most likely would have signed a contract extension anyway, but I was thinking last night, like, you know, if the Warriors didn't do what they did this season— you know, and they didn't show their resiliency, didn't show the, the the grit that they had, I think that there would be some huge question marks uh, uh, toward the end of the season here. So um, shout out to the Warriors for getting it done. But one other guy I do want to point out is Draymond Green. I mentioned him to open up the show. Um, his energy in the first quarter uh, kept the dubs alive. You know, going in and and Dylan Brooks was just sticking on Steph the entire time, even turning his back to Draymond at one point, even though Draymond had the ball in his hands. <laughs> if you if you were watching the NBC Sports Bay Area broadcast, Fitz and Buki were like, "That's the first time, and that's the weirdest type of defense that's ever been played. That's the first time a defender has just said, you know what, the best type of defense is to turn your back to him." But Draymond was the one on offense who was setting the tone and saying, look, even though Valanchunas got to us early, and look, no, I mean, there's no shade on Valanchunas at all. He had a fantastic game. But Draymond said, look, if you're going to beat us in the paint and you're going to try and lock down Steph, well, we're going to beat you in the paint too, and I'm going to be the one to do it. And I felt like that energy set the tone for a majority of the game. But Draymond... For one, having the IQ to know also that Dylan Brooks had five fouls and he managed to draw the foul on him and got him out of the game with six minutes left, which proved to be the difference maker. It was also that point where you're thinking, all right, Draymond is just, he's on that veteran level now as a ball handler handler where he knows if I'm going to get this guy in trouble, if this guy's on the edge, on the brink of being out of the game, I'm going to be the one that gets him in trouble. So the fact that Draymond did that, and Steph had some open looks in the final four minutes of the game, watch that game again, and pay attention to the defense that the Warriors played. They were just stifling. It was just great team defense. But also just pay attention to how open Steph was after Brooks left the game. That's all all due to Draymond. But in the month of May... Since the first, since they've been going on this winning streak. Draymond's had 10 points, 
10 assists, 9 rebounds. She's shooting 56% from the field and 40% from three. And last night, capped off the season and capped off the month, he's had five five nights in the month of May where he was in in double digits. Now think about that. We are 17 days into the month of May. Just over two weeks. He's had five nights this month in double digits. In the entirety of April, when he had an entire month to work with, he had five of them. So he's already had more uh, the same amount of double-digit nights through over just over two weeks than he did in the entirety of the month of April. He has been on fire scoring the basketball, but he's almost averaging a triple-double, damn near a triple-double uh, in the month of May, just shy uh, with the nine rebounds there. It's actually... 9.4 rebounds if you really want to uh, get all technical with it. But it was just a team win yesterday. It was a team win, and it was led by one Stephen Curry. <laughs> Everything this guy does, this almost seems like a normal night at this point. You know, coming in here and talking about these this team every day, it just feels like, yeah, Steph scored 46 on 22 shots, 36 shots overall, which was actually a, a career high for him. But that's what I want. That's what I want in the playoffs, and that's how I think the Warriors, if any, if they're going to survive any way, it is that Steph gets up 22 shots in the uh, 22 three-pointers in a game. And that's the way I'd want them to go out too. If they're going to go out, at least go out with Steph shooting. The one thing I I I wouldn't be able to stand, the one thing that I was nervous about going into this play-in game and possibly getting the ninth or 10th seed is that you go into that ninth or 10th seed game, you play one and there's a possibility that you lose and you don't see Steph put up as many shots as you want him to, I mean, this is the way that I would have wanted him to go out if they would have lost anyway, is Steph putting up 22 threes. Just keep doing it. Keep doing it. That's what I say. Going forward, going into the playing game against the Lakers, just keep doing it. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. I am, I'm fired up today. I'm fired up. But coming up next, wait till you hear this stat. About Steph Curry, the one that was making the rounds, and then also listen to this other player on the Lakers who is making an MVP case for Steph. Who is that player? Oh, I wonder which one. We'll get to that next. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line. Where you at, everybody? It's Stephen Lightfoot on the pregame show, ninety five seven. The game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. But we will be talking the Warriors for the entire show. I can guarantee that because... You need five hours to talk about this team and what they've done. Um, I'll get to these st- these stats with Steph, and I can't help but laugh when I'm just looking at them right now because there are so many of them, and a lot of them are just are just preposterous uh, at this point. But we'll get to those. And LeBron James saying Steph should be the MVP. 
We'll get to all of that. But we do have D Singh over in Albany on the line who wants to talk. Again, 888-957-9570 if you want to weigh in. What's going on, D? How you doing? Hey, brother. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Bro, this run that Steph's going on right now is just a dream, man. Are you kidding? We get LeBron now, too? We get LeBron, too? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just think about how many people were hating on Steph's legacy before the season. You know? I mean, they said he was fucking holding... Oh, sorry. Excuse my language. They said he was just carrying the team, you know? And he wasn't carrying the team, you know? And this whole yeah. deal, it just shows that Steph can actually be that guy. You know? And imagine if we had Clay too. Yep. Appreciate the phone call, D. Look, I think D's echoing a lot of the sentiments that everyone is. I mean, you can't help but want to uh, say a bad word or two whenever you're talking about Steph Curry. I mean, you can't help it. And, and quite frankly, I'll, I'll, I'll be 100% honest with, with everybody here. I'm not sure how I haven't swore over the air yet. Knock on uh, whatever material that this table is made out of. But Steph this year, averaging 32 points a game, 5.8 assists, 5.8 total rebounds. And he, uh, and there's way too many to go down the list here. Uh, but he is, as I try and pull this thing up and try and filibuster because um, I lost it, but then I'm trying to get it back. Uh, he is, he's one of the top two guys to have a 35 and 5 season. And he's at the top of the list among all of those dudes with um, the most efficient scoring of those stretches. I mean, everything that he's doing. He's averaging 32 points per game. He won the scoring title last night over Bradley Beal, and he's the oldest to win it since MJ. He's had 38 30-point games this year, which is the most since MJ. He's had 337 threes, which leads the NBA. This is his fourth season with 300 made threes, which is the most ever. He's had seven games where he's made 10 three-pointers, which is the most ever, and he's averaged 5.3 three-pointers made per game, which is the most ever. And oh yeah, he broke the Warriors scoring record earlier on in the season. That's all credit to StatMuse. Um, But one guy, even in LeBron James, who we have seen have, have that type of photographic memory, right? Where he can why he can go into a post game and then he gets asked about a moment he'll remember everything down to a T it's kind of like the same thing that the NFL does with Sean McVay where Sean McVay goes back to all these calls that he had and he knows the exact play that it was um but even Steph or excuse me even LeBron had a tough time trying to wrap his head around all of Steph's stats because when he was asked about uh, what it was like to play Steph and why he thinks Steph should be the MVP he started listing off the sats and gets a little discombobulated at one point. You, know, you can look at, just look what he's done this year. I mean, everybody counting him out this year. Everybody saying that, uh, well, now that, you know, Clay is hurt, can Steph lead a team on his own? What is he going to be able to do? Can he carry a team on his own? Can he carry a team into the postseason? Can he keep a team afloat? He's done that and more. He's, um, I think he's has the most, uh, 40 point, I don't know if it was 40 point games or something like that or the most, 
Most he got the most three point, uh, most 10, uh, 10 threes made in, in a season. Um, he's broke his own record for how many threes he's made this year. Um, I think he scored like 30 points in the second half of games like nine times this year. I mean, there's just, there's so many to go down, but, uh, then he continued and he just talked about why he thinks Steph deserves the MVP. And I want to know from you at triple eight, nine, five, seven, nine, five, seven, zero. Knowing that the regular season is now over, somehow the Warriors got to a 39 and 33 record. Knowing that Steph is the dude, um, do you think now that Steph is going to get any more MVP recognition or is it the same as before? Does Steph deserve the MVP this year at 888-957-9570? Because here's LeBron after the Lakers won yesterday, but here is LeBron talking about playing Steph. I don't know anything else. Uh, if you're looking for MVP, if, if Steph is not on Golden State's team, then what, what, are, what are we looking at? We get all we get caught up in a record sometimes. We get caught up in, okay, who's the, who has the best record? And, you know, instead of just saying who had the best season that year. And Steph has had, in my opinion, the, the best season all year. And, you know, when, Ru- when, when Russ won the MVP, you know, Russ was – First guy to, to, to have a triple double in the season since the big O and everyone threw the records out the window then when he won it. Um, and I think, you know, you look at what he's doing. Steph is just like, you know, Russ deserved it that year. And obviously I don't think Steph is going to get it because it's another conversation, but in my eyes, he's played the best basketball all year round. I mean, LeBron thinks that he's deserving of it. What do you think? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Now let me redo this stat line for you since I absolutely botched it since <laughs> since I let it happen. So Steph is averaging thirty two five and five. Thirty two points, five rebounds, five assists. A thirty five and five season has happened thirty two times in the NBA. And the top two in terms of efficiency, the top two 35-5 seasons, they both belong to Steph Curry. The number one was in 2015 and 2016 when he averaged 35-6, and six, and he was shooting 63%. Um, his effective field goal percentage was 63. But this year, 32-5-5, and five, and he's shooting a 61% effective field goal percentage. So it's not just that... He's having a 35 and 5 season and is up there with, you know, 30 other players or 32 other players, but it's because he's had a way more efficient scoring season. The next up is KD from 23 uh, 2013 and 2014 when he shot 56% overall. So, no one even close to 60, but Steph is in those top 2. Everything that he's done this year, the way that he's just put the team on his back and, you know, that month of April that he had, that is going to go down as one of the greatest months in basketball history. But then you follow that up. I mean, the the you this is this is how much he's averaged since April. Now I'm just giving you way too many stats. It's way too early for all of this, but these numbers are just unbelievable. He's averaged 37 points a game. This is from April 1st going on, and he's missed a couple of games here and there. But since April 1st, he's averaged 37 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. He's also averaged 1 steal. 
but he has shot 43% from beyond the arc, almost averaging 15 threes a game. 15 threes! That's unheard of. And what he did in that game yesterday, even though he was cold shooting to start off the game, that's what we love about Steph so much, is just how how just he doesn't get down. You know, his body language, it's it's never it's never shoulders hunched over, head down, I'm not going to get the next one. You could tell that even though he might have started off scoring uh, on a cold scoring night, he would be able to come back and be Steph because that's just how good he is. And yesterday, it was the exact same thing. And those threes that he made, that one where it was Jaron Jackson Jr., who ended up coming over to double on him. And then he somehow went one-on-one. And Steph almost went backcourt. He was going toward... Uh, he was he was damn near a step close to that, mo- to that point. But he totally fooled Jaron Jackson, pushed the ball off to D- Draymond Green. Jackson didn't know what to do. Then Steph just goes to the left wing, then takes a three right in his face. I, I mean there's little things that he does, you just don't understand it. And the way that he's been getting to the hoop this year, it's unlike anything, really, um, that I've seen uh, since he's been in a Warrior uniform. It seems that he's gotten better in his age 33 season. Um, Steve Kerr, after the game, spoke about this and just asked whether, was asked whether this is Steph's best season. Well, he's never been better. I can say that. He's been great for a long time, though, so it's hard to... Hard to say he's uh, at his best now because he's been like this for for years. I think what's different this year is just the supporting cast is different. You know, um, we've got a much younger team. He's he's been asked to do a lot more with this group, and uh, he's uh, he's gone above and beyond what we've asked of him. So um, just an incredible season, and and that's I'll just leave it at that. He's never been better than he is right now. And I came on these airwaves, and a lot of people got really mad at me, but I was trying to be realistic about the whole thing because it was toward the end of April um, the MVP conversation came into play. And I didn't want people to forget about Nikola Jokic, even though I felt like Steph is absolutely deserving um, or was absolutely deserving of it at that time. I felt like Jokic had the upper hand, and that may still be true, but... After what he's done this month, going eight and one in the month of May, six and zero to close out the year, and the fact that they've been doing it with an eight-man rotation, knowing that Steph is the entire reason as to why these guys get open shots, why the Warriors at one point were leading the league in dunks as a team, it's because they're getting those backdoor cuts and those slips that are opened up from Steph. And you can open that up for JTA or Andrew Wiggins, whoever it may be. But knowing how he's closed out the season, the fact that he hasn't slowed up in the month of May, I think he's absolutely deserving of it at this point, even just to get this team to the eighth seed. I know it may may not seem like much, a 39-33 year, but if you just go go down the list of everything that he's done, while combining that with the way that he's getting defended, I do think some of that does get a little overblown because all those guys do pay attention to Steph. But, for example, 
when they looked at that picture, I believe it was, was it against the Jazz or was it against the Suns? I think it was against the Suns where it showed a picture of four guys getting to Steph. Well, the four guys did go after him, but it happened for a split second, like a split second. But nobody gets the attention that Steph does. I think he's absolutely deserving of it, uh, seeing the way that he closed out the season. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. I do want to get back to the game and some of the things that impressed me from it the most, but I want to hear from you at 888-957-9570. After closing out the season in this fashion, in a winning fashion, with an eight-man rotation, do you think now Steph will get the MVP award? 888-957-9570. That's all coming up. Stephen Langford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Draymond. To Curry. Curry catches, fires away. Three ball up, no good. Jam home! Wiggins came right down the baseline, slammed it in, and the Grizz want time. The Warriors go up by three with 3.53 to go. And that was Tim Roy, of course, on the call in yesterday's win. And that was one of my favorite plays of the game right there. It was one of my favorite plays of the game because Andrew Wiggins just got completely forgotten about. He was in the corner, wasn't putting up a shot, but the timing that he showed on that play to go up, grab the offensive rebound, and leave Jaron Jackson Jr. uh, kind of helpless because he didn't know what to do, Uh, that was good stuff. That was the good stuff from yesterday. Good morning, everyone. Stephen Langford in with you on the pregame show up until 6 o'clock as the morning rose will take you the rest of the way. I am absolutely fired up for this show. The Warriors, they've gone 8-1 in the month of May. They've won six straight. And with that win over the Grizzlies yesterday, have officially secured their place in the eighth spot. And the Blazers getting the win over the Nuggets yesterday solidified them in the sixth spot. And the Lakers are officially in the seventh spot. We got Steph. We got LeBron. That's up in a couple of days uh, on Wednesday, and I can't wait for that. Uh, but we got a couple of callers on the line that want to weigh in. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. as we will uh, get back to the game. But I, I just asked... A simple question at this point, knowing what you know now, where the Warriors ended up getting that eighth spot, do you think that Steph is going to get the MVP? Because I think we can all agree that he deserves it for everything he's done, but will it go to guys like Jokic or Embiid? Will anything change in that regard, in your opinion? Or do you think uh, the narrative will stay the same, that the big men are going to get it? 888-957-9570. Let's go to Duriel in San Jose. My man, what's going on, Duriel? Hey, you know what? Good morning, Steven. I guess the king has spoken, huh? I guess <laughs> So it is written, and so it shall become the path. Nah, you know what? Who was that guy to beat Curry out of those games in May? Wasn't it, wasn't it Westbrook? You know, I, if it was up to me, Westbrook and Curry would be the co-MVPs. They've both done the same for both of their teams. You know, and Westbrook is going to win his play-in game. Make no mistake about it. He's winning his. But LeBron is trying to butter Curry up to have the worst game of his life right now. Do not trust that man. Space Jam 2, he's exactly who we did not want to play in this game. So all the Warriors, all of Steph's other guys, they better be ready because he ain't going to be able to do it all by himself. 
trust and believe it. It's an interesting take by Duriel there. LeBron just trying to say that Steph deserves the MVP to butter him up a little bit. To soften them up, I will say this, even though the Warriors got that win over the Lakers uh, in the beginning of the year, they didn't forget about it. I remember AD, I forgot who they played after they played the Warriors, but they, they, they played the next game and they won it very convincingly. It was a blowout. And AD said after the game that that Warriors, uh, that loss to the Warriors stuck with them. And then in the next couple, though, Steph did get held to just seven threes. And knowing Steph, he'd be inclined to take 22 if he wanted to, like he did in yesterday's game. So when uh, when he only puts up seven threes, that most likely means that it's because of what the defense did to prevent those threes being taken. So the Lakers did do a good job of that, and that is what scares me with the play-in game. But that's in a, that's a couple of days away. That's a couple of days away. We don't even need to talk about right th- uh, that right now. Uh, do want to hear your thoughts on it overall, though. 888 We do have Mark in Berkeley who wants to weigh in. What's going on, Mark? Uh, another thing I'd like to see is an assistant coach with helping Kerr during the games. But I want to say something for your announcers. I've heard other team announcers and other players. Mm-hmm. You guys are head and shoulders above all of them, the way you care about the team, and that really helps the team. I mean, I've heard all these great teams with great records, and the way that it seems like they do the play-by-play and they're into the team is just something different about the way you guys treat this team, and that is a big part of why they're doing so good, I think. People don't give you guys enough credit. All of you. I agree, Mark. This is actually, it's it's all me. It really, it's it's all me uh, from 5 to 6 every morning uh, talking about this team. I'm going to take all the credit for the Warriors' success this season. <laughs> no, you're just right, though, but... Uh, the Warriors are playing just uh, on, it's almost as like they were just waiting to do this, like hiding, and then just can't. Sometimes Kerr is so sneaky. Yeah. But uh, if they keep playing like this, I think they can go all the way. Wow. They just have to realize that against big, tough teams like LA and stuff, you have to put in bigger players sometimes. And I think Kerr sometimes just like to watch Kerr, uh, Curry play, and he gets frozen, and he doesn't do his rotation. But he's an incredible coach. We just need bigger. And to, like I don't know why Pasquale or somebody didn't come in or Bell last night with all those that center kept getting all those those points in the paint. Yeah, and they're a great paint team. I don't know why he didn't use more of a rotation, but I guess he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Mark. And and for me, it was just you know, it was a high leverage situation. And at, at that point in the game, you got to roll with the guys that you've been rolling with uh, the entire time. And if you would have brought in Pascal or 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 or, or Bell. At that point, I personally would have been even more confused uh, at that move just because the game was certainly not over. And, you know, I I agree. Valanciunas, he got his. Valanciunas got his for sure in that game. But if you would have brought in, you know, Pascal or, or, or Bell, I think I would have looked at that and, and just, I, you know, would have been excited to see them on the court because we haven't seen Pascal for what's felt like an eternity. But, Overall, I, I do think that you know sticking with the, sticking with the lineup that he's been rolling out there. I think that's what Kerr wanted to do. Um, but that game overall was just super entertaining, and I love it when they pull these defenses where it's just one guy who's trying to stick with Steph. Can you imagine? Try and imagine 
what it would be like to have been Dylan Brooks, right? Now, the Grizzlies are an inexperienced team against Steph. They never had a full squad when they were uh, playing against him before. They didn't have a full squad with Memphis. And I mentioned this during the Pelicans game when they first played the Pelicans for the first time this season. Watching Steph take advantage of these teams who have never played defense against them before, uh, that's been a joy to watch this season because they just they just don't know what to do. You double-team him, okay, he's just going to get the ball out and he's going to move off ball. You're going to forget about him and he's going to get an open look. And I felt like the Grizzlies were going to fall victim to that, but they had Dylan Brooks. And Dylan Brooks yesterday was just told, like he must have been just told, hey, you're going to be sticking on Steph. It is on you in this game to keep us in it. Because we need to keep one guy him one guy on him at all times. The other guys on the team maybe can help. You know they can trap him, and you're gonna get some you're you're gonna get some help. But it's on you. It's on you, Dylan. Can you imagine the pressure that comes along with that? <laughs> you know, Dylan Brooks isn't he, he's not an old player by any stretch of the imagination. He's still young, and a young guy with that much pressure on him. I'm sure he lived up to it. I, I'm or he wanted to live up to it because. You're a professional athlete, and that's just how it works. But there's also got to be something in the back of your mind where you're thinking, oh, damn, this is on me to guard Steph. And here's an interesting one. The Warriors went on a 21-10 to run to win the game after Dylan Brooks had fouled out when it was tied 91-91. to When the Grizzlies were making that little run, and Brooks had actually hit that and one, which was a, which was a pretty sweet uh, sweet move there. But when he went out, on six fouls after Draymond uh, just coaxed him into getting a foul and, and drew the foul on him, knowing that he had five on the game. Just an absolute smart play by Draymond there. But after he fouled out, it proved to be the difference. It did prove to be the difference. And I'm not saying that Brooks locked down Steph by any stretch of the imagination, but he did as well, I think, as you could do against Steph. And yet, Steph still put up 46, and a majority of those points coming in the closing moments. Um, some big points there uh, for Curry, but a lot of other guys too that you want to put that, that you need to point out. I mean, Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole. It feels like his he's he's found himself. It feels like it feels like he has gotten to that point now where he's confident, he knows his game, he understands how Steph plays and has worked with Steph, he knows his role, and he's being just, he, he's been so aggressive, right? And, and that's something that actually showed in his rookie season, even though that he wasn't knocking down shots at any sort of efficient numbers. I mean, he was shooting below uh, 30%, but Jordan Poole, in the past few games, has been fantastic. And this sequence yesterday was my favorite sequence of the night. So Jordan Poole puts up a shot. It's from deep. It's from way beyond the three-point line. He knows it's not going in. Didn't get enough juice on the shot. Doinks off of the front of the rim, and he has the IQ. He understands, 
all right, I got to go after and get this ball. I got to gra- I got to crash the board here because this shot's not going in. And he made that decision in a split second, grabs the rebound, and then they get a second chance point out of it. This was my favorite sequence of the game. Wiggins to Poole, deep three, straight on, short. The shot clock was winding down. Poole hustles to the rebound, got it back to Curry. Ten on the shot clock. Curry pressured by Jackson. Draymond gets it. Curry goes back door. Titten to a three. Look, it's good. Left side. Curry. Arms up in the air. Says, yeah, that's what I like to do. 11-0 run for the Warriors. 106-97 now with two minutes to go. Now, uh, Valanchunas was getting them on the offensive glass. He was. But it was little plays like this, the putbacks, the second-chance points uh, that really Got it done for the Warriors in the closing moments, but yet another great game for Jordan Poole. 15 points with three rebounds, and he also had a couple of steals, too. But he has solidified himself into this roster, and he's turning into a guy uh, that could be uh, a six-man for a long time to come. Listen to this since the beginning of May. I like to go back to the beginning of May because they've been 8-1 and one, uh, on this stretch since then. He's averaged 17 points, three rebounds, two assists. But here's the thing. He's shooting 49% from the field and 36% from three. Now, those numbers aren't that great as far as the three-point percentage goes, but he's averaging seven threes a game. So he's taking a lot of them and almost making three per game, which is huge uh, coming off the bench as a six-man. But... Ever since the beginning of May, he's only had one game where he hasn't reached double digits in scoring. Obviously, that came against the Pelicans. He scored 38. Then he had 20 in the game against uh, Phoenix and 20 in the game against Utah. He has been on an absolute tear and a lot of fun to watch. And he kept the team alive going into the uh, going into the second quarter there, even though it turned out a little sloppy, but the Warriors managed to have a lead anyway at the end of the first quarter. And then Jordan Poole carried that momentum uh, going on into the second quarter. So shout out to Jordan Poole. Also want to shout out Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney, for holding his own, he had 11 rebounds in this game. But here's the most surprising thing to me about it. He had six defensive rebounds. Six out of the 11. You know what that means? He had five of them on the offensive glass. Five offensive rebounds. That's huge. Now, Mark and Berkeley, when you're, when you're using the eye test, Mark and Berkeley called in and said that guy was absolutely killing us, and he was talking about Jonas Valanciunas. But think about it. You're watching that game, and you're not even looking at the stats. You're thinking, man... The Grizzlies are just killing them on the boards right now. What, what What's going on? That may have been the case in the first and the fourth quarter, but overall, the Warriors out-rebounded them 46-39, to and they tied them in offensive rebounds with 12. So that was the biggest difference uh, in this game, and that's something that we haven't seen too much of because the Warriors are one of the worst offensive rebounding teams in the league, and contrastly, the Grizzlies, they're one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the league. And they get the most amount of second chance points. So when you tie the, that team for offensive rebounds, you know that you're doing something right. Huge. Huge for them. Now the Warriors did turn the ball over way more than the Grizzlies. And uh, that proved to be um, why they could come back in the fourth quarter. But it was a game yesterday where they won this 
solely based on Steph and the fact that he just never wavered in his confidence. It was on Draymond's energy and what he brought out in the first quarter. It was because of guys like Jordan Poole and Juan Toscano-Anderson and Andrew Wiggins also, who just all had good games in their own right. But for me, I point to the offensive rebounding and the fact that they beat them on the glass. It was just huge in this game. Uh, But Steve Kerr spoke afterwards, and he talked about one Draymond Green and listen to what Steve Kerr has to say here. Yeah, Draymond was phenomenal um, at both ends. You know, the uh, the dribble handoff game and the screening for Steph uh, opened up Steph's uh, three-point game. And then the defense at the other end was just amazing. And uh, I think Draymond has had a, just a fantastic season. Um, you know, it started slowly for him because of uh, the, the uh, COVID protocols. And, um, you know, he had some some uh, tough breaks go his way health-wise. But um over the last two months, he's uh, he's looked um, like the Draymond we've all known and, and loved over the years. So phenomenal season for Draymond, and uh, great to see him uh, in playoff mode because that's when he's at his best. And as the Grizzlies are making a comeback, and the game is tied ninety-one to ninety-one. Draymond had one of the biggest plays of the game where he fouled out. Uh, he drew the foul to foul out Dr- Dylan Brooks, and the Warriors went on a 21-10 run subsequent, subsequent to that. And, of course, the Grizzlies never came back. But um, Steve Kerr talked about the momentum shift uh, that was brought on by that play from Draymond Green. Yeah, I thought that was a big play. You know, Brooks was all over Steph all game, did a really good job um, just staying physical with him. Uh, and uh, that was a, a big play, but um, you know, the, all these games have swings in them, and um, you know, we 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 knew we would respond to their run, and uh, and we did a good job of that. We got got several stops in a row, kind of you know, at that three or four minute mark, and uh, were able to capitalize offensively with Steph's threes. So that was the end of the regular season yesterday. What it looks like now? Excuse me. What it looks like now is the Jazz, they're in the one seed. The Suns, they're in the two. The Nuggets are in the three. The Clippers are in the four. The Mavs are in the five. The Blazers are in the six. Lakers in the seventh. And Warriors in the eighth. Then you got the Grizzlies and the Spurs in the ninth and tenth seed. So, even if you do lose this game to the Lakers on Wednesday, you still got another chance and you face whoever wins between the Grizzlies and the Spurs. And if I had to guess, I would assume that the loser of Lakers-Warriors is going to be playing the Grizzlies yet again. And and really, when I'm watching this game yesterday, I'm also thinking, you know, when they do add a couple of pieces, they got some nice players. I like Ja Morant. And, and really, them daring Ja Morant to shoot threes, it was comical at that point. It's just like, hey... If he gets the ball beyond the three-point line, we're going to wait to the paint because he is so deceptive and so he, he he's such a magician when he has the ball in his hands and he starts going to the hoop and you, you give him a lot of options. He can dish it out. He can lay it up. He can dunk it if he wants to. Um, him and Valanciunas, I do think, re- work really well together. But I think that this is going to be a fun matchup going forward if the Grizzlies manage to improve their roster uh, a little bit because they got some nice pieces to build around. Um, it was a very enjoyable game yesterday, but we could be seeing a second matchup if they do, of course, 
lose to the Lakers. But that was the, that was the thing with the game for me. Um, not only was it just the fact that Dylan Brooks had to stick with Steph, and Coach just said, hey, Dylan, you're going to be the one that's on Steph tonight. Try your best. Hope it works out. <laughs> like, 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 just run around. Even if Draymond has the ball and he's taking it to the hoop, you can turn your back on him. You have permission to do that as long as you're facing towards Steph and blocking him from even getting a chance at touching the ball in a, in a possession. That's all you got to do, Dylan. It was that, and it was also just John Morant being dared to shoot from three. And, 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 you know, getting him to get to those mid-range points and getting to the floaters and, and all that sort of stuff. I thought they did, um, the Warriors, that is, they did a pretty good job at, uh, at trying to contain him. I just, I do like that team. I do like that team. But we do have the Lakers coming up. That'll be on Wednesday. And I played this sound clip earlier on in the show, and Duriel from San Jose uh, mentioned it, but he said that LeBron is trying to soften Steph up before they play him on Wednesday by making these comments after his game yesterday, saying that Steph does deserve the MVP. I don't know anything else. Uh, if you're looking for MVP, if, if Steph is not on Golden State's team, then what, 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 are, what are we looking at? We get all we get caught up in a record sometimes. We get caught up in, okay, who's the, who has the best record? And, you know, instead of just saying who had the best season that year. And Steph has had, in my opinion, the, the best season all year. And, you know, when Russ, when, when Russ won the MVP, you know, Russ was the first guy to, to, to have a triple double in the season since the big O and everyone threw the records out the window then when he won it. Um, and I think, you know, you look at what he's doing, Steph is just like, you know, Russ deserved it that year. And, and obviously I don't think Steph is going to get it because it's another conversation, but in my eyes, he's played the best basketball all year round. And and when he got the scoring title, he got up there on the list with Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar among the list of players who have won multiple scoring titles, MVPs, and NBA titles in their career. And I could go down the list here, but 32 points per game, 38 30-point games this year, most since MJ, 337 threes, that leads the NBA, fourth 300 uh fourth season where there's 300 or more threes made that's the most ever seven games where he's made 10 or more threes that's the most ever he's averaged 5.3 three-pointers a game that's the most ever and he also broke the Warriors all-time scoring record you know what if he doesn't get the MVP after this season I changed my tune on it but if he doesn't get the MVP after this season I think we'll even look back on this year, this strange, shortened year with a 72-game season, and we'll look back on Steph and think, yeah, well, you know, Jokic and Bede, they may have gotten the MVP, but we know that Steph was absolutely deserving of it in that year. Uh, 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. The Morning Roast with Kate Scott, Bonte Hill, and Joe the Butcher by Shasky coming up next. I am sure they are fired up. They're going to be joined by Dave Fleming at 8 o'clock and then JB, Jim Barnett at 9 o'clock. So stick around for The Morning Roast as the show starts. And I bumble my way through that right now. Hey,